This is Dee Medina, and you are listening to the fifth episode of the Can You Sub Again? You Can Make a Difference as a Substitute Teacher podcast. It's been a busy week. I have come to understand that once you realize your goal of writing and publishing a book, your work to market said book intensifies. I've also learned that Realizing the goal of a podcast means not only a commitment to thoughtful and applicable content, but also consistency in delivering that content. And a third thing I am now in the process of is taking steps toward a new goal of adapting the principles and precepts in my book into workshop curriculum so I can hopefully meet with my fellow subs in the trenches and learn more about the hot button issues for subs and students in today's academic climate and how I could be of better service. So I will keep you posted in further episodes as all three of these projects, book, podcast, curriculum, are really aimed at encouraging and equipping substitute teachers and that encouragement then being repurposed into encouragement that you then pass on to students. And now I hope you enjoy this week's podcast. Begin with the end in mind. Steve begins his sub week by taking an assignment at an elementary school in a pretty upscale neighborhood. It's not a private school, but the parent clientele have high standards and expectations for the children's learning and overall educational experience. Steve is a little flustered that morning from heavy traffic as he arrives on campus 30 minutes before the first bell, and the lesson plan seems extensive. I have a hard time believing the regular teacher can teach this whole thing, Steve thinks to himself. He begins to look over the lesson plans while scanning over the books, the handouts, the markers, the glue sticks, the colored pencils, and the reward system tickets the teacher gives out for outstanding on-task behavior. There is a separate mini plan listing students who leave for computer lab at 10, music at 11.15, leave for another teacher for tutoring at 1, and a couple of kids who often leave to see the nurse whenever they need to. Steve wants to go through everything again. He wants to do a really good job, especially the daunting looking science instructions. He wants to cover those again. But the secretary told him to be on the playground 10 minutes before the bell for campus monitoring duty and then to stand on the number 14 at the first tardy bell out on the blacktop. The 10 minutes feels like three and before he knows it, 31 kids are running and staggering into their line where they continue talking, pushing, nudging, and a few are marching up to Steve asking, are you our sub? By 3.41, after the last kid has gone, Steve is wiped. He worked hard. He was running. He was roaming. And even with no downtime, he thinks he did about 70 to 80% of the lesson plan with quality and maybe finished the last 15 to 20% doing the best that he could do. Then he thinks about the portions he didn't have time for, and also things like the two glue sticks that vanished, the dry erase marker he left in the staff break room, and the ruler that Oscar splintered into pieces. 
he leaves a brief feedback note on the teacher's lesson plan sheet along with his phone number and email if there are any questions. He leaves feeling a little bit defeated, but knowing that he worked hard, he is a lot a bit relieved that it's over. Sarah has a different kind of day subbing. She showed up 45 minutes before the first bell to her assignment at a very diverse high school in the inner city, 10th and 11th grade honors English. I got this, she thought as she pulls into the staff parking lot. She walks into the classroom and makes a beeline for the teacher's desk. Periods one and two, sophomores. Conference for period three, period four, sophomores. Lunch, and then periods five and six round out the day with juniors. Not only are the lesson plans pristine and easy to follow, they are intentionally sparse. The kids are basically going to be on autopilot. Score, Sarah thinks to herself. She is also pleasantly surprised and engaged as class after class came in a bit chatty, but with obvious proof that they knew what to do, how to do it, and managed their own time well. She had zero confusion, zero behavior issues, all good stuff. At 2.45, she fills out the feedback form that the office gave her when she signed in. She breaks down each class for the teacher. Who used a pass to go where? Who was helpful? And she also says that she would love to come back anytime she is needed. Sarah leaves with energy to spare. So my question to you is, who had the better substitute experience based on the information that I have given you? Who had the better day? Who did better overall, Sarah or Steve? Well, in my opinion, they both had fairly normal, quote unquote, good days. Neither failed in the academic sense because the nature of subbing includes usually not knowing what the lesson plan will entail until you arrive. Sometimes there's a lesson plan where the teacher really expects a lesson or multiple lessons to be taught, and others prefer to leave autopilot plans where the sub needs to be more of a facilitator, ready with office pass, bathroom pass, and the mindset of, I need to avoid rocking the boat. So Steve could have been just as successful with the sophomores and juniors, and Sarah could have felt that same 70 to 80% completion fatigue at the end of her day. However, I believe that Sarah and Steve could have both walked away from their day feeling incredibly successful, next level successful, if they had resolved in advance to begin with the end in mind. So the caveat here is this is obviously not an end that has to do necessarily with the lesson plan being accomplished or no one was sent to the office, no referrals were written. Those boxes can be checked off and you can have a fairly successful day. But to begin with the end in mind, has almost nothing to do with how much of the lesson plan you will complete or how few student behavior issues you might have. When thinking about your potential impact, your potential to positively interact with students, the kind of end in mind to have is relational.
Now, we are all wired differently. And although I'm going to outline three possible challenges you could adopt to approach for your sub days, you may have one that fits you better or that falls under the category of being a specialty. For example, I once had a connection at a restaurant and I was able to do a office appreciation olive garden breadsticks and salad for the entire office staff as a long-term sub. I enjoyed doing that. I enjoyed doing it anonymously. I enjoyed rewarding uh, the office staff for their hard work and how they had always been supportive of teachers and students. And I wanted that work to be acknowledged, to be noticed. So instead of saying, begin your day by planning to surprise the teachers with pizza or the office with salad, I'm gonna give you three very doable, free ends all of us can begin our days with that will benefit both students and staff while we sup. Here are three ends to have in mind as you begin each day. Number one, end your day knowing you tried to be a difference maker. I begin with this end in mind goal because it's probably the most broad and open to interpretation of the three. In addition to salad and breadsticks, as a sub, I was fortunate to be a part of things like helping to coach our girls softball team to two city championships, something I'm very proud of. The practices, games, the playoff runs, the trophy hoisting all have good difference-making traits on their own. But another thing that my wife and I enjoyed doing was providing Chips Ahoy cookies for after and sometimes before the games. The kids loved it. They got the sense that it was a bonus treat and it added to our overall team chemistry. I've been in talent shows, gone to see kids perform plays, shown up to their sports games, chaperoned on an avid field trip to see a midday movie, chaperoned a special needs field trip to a midday skating rink. Now, I didn't do any of these things to pat myself on the back. I did all of them out of a desire to be all in for these kids. I wanted to build rapport, build relationships, to demonstrate that they mattered. I didn't want to waste a day. The events or opportunities weren't every day ends in mind. In other words, I didn't wake up thinking, oh, today I'm gonna buy kids shoes or today I'm going to um, pay for this kid's uh, dance ticket. It was more of a willingness to see myself as a difference maker, period. And as the opportunities came, I had a willingness to walk through that door. I've mentioned before that I kept a happy file to jot down cool reminders of these opportunities. And even though I might only interact with a class, a group, or a student briefly, and even if something significant didn't happen on any given day or maybe any given week or a couple of weeks, I could look over the landscape of the year or I could look back at the timeline of the year and recall several difference-making days. 
So whatever that looks like for you, adopting the mindset of a difference maker more than just a sub, being a difference maker, the opportunities will come and they will have positive impact in students' lives. Number two, end your day having encouraged at least one student. There's a great chance that you'll encourage more than one each time you sub, and here's why. This particular end in mind begins with something as simple as a smile. The way to begin your day challenging yourself to encourage at least one student beyond the lesson plans and behavior is to smile. Now, this could go in many different directions. Kids love little things such as you remembering their name uh, after taking attendance. If you're able to acknowledge a student by using their name, that will rock their world. But to start off as a broad point and use it as a broad jumping off point for us, the idea is even when you're tired, even after the class that you would rate as one of the worst you've ever had, smile. Resist the urge to complain, to mirror the behavior or give off the vibe that it is affecting you negatively. The idea is you are coming in as someone who is an encourager. And even if you're coming from a notoriously bad class at the end of the day, there's a pretty good chance the staff will know that you had a challenge. Classes kind of make reputations for themselves. So if badmouthing the kids or the teacher or even yourself is what you're tempted to do, just know that might be what they're expecting. That might be what they've heard before. So if as you're checking out, you have the same smile on your face that you started the day with, that is going to go a long way in you being known as someone who is good for kids. F. Scott Fitzgerald describes his unforgettable protagonist, Jay Gatsby, through the eyes of Nick Carraway like this. He smiled understandingly, much more than understandingly. It was one of those rare smiles with a quality of eternal reassurance in it that you may come across four or five times in life. It faced or seemed to face the whole eternal world for an instant and then concentrated on you with an irresistible prejudice in your favor. It understood you just as far as you wanted to be understood, believed in you as you would like to believe in yourself, and assured you that it had precisely the impression of you that, at your best, you hoped to convey. Wow. Who doesn't want to be smiled at understandingly and with a quality of eternal reassurance? Much more knowing that the people we talk to are always mentally multitasking. To have someone ignore the quote unquote whole eternal world and concentrate on you with an irresistible prejudice in your favor, that would seem to be all a person would ever need. He paints Gatsby as having a smile and a look that understood you, believed in you, and assured you that you perfectly conveyed the best self you hoped to convey. 
students want to be looked at that way and it begins with our smile i can't imagine a single student i've ever met not one that i've ever taught not wanting that kind of smile or at least an attempt at that kind of care by an adult they trust in other words when they see you catch you looking at them or they're talking to you and they watch how you're listening to them they are witnessing an adult that cares and students literally lay in bed at night going through mental social scenarios they forecast the sights and sounds of their interactions for those same purposes to be understood to be believed in and to be assured so taking the time to smile means you will almost certainly encourage students throughout your day and number three end your day having been an advocate for all an advocate as the dictionary defines it is someone who pleads on someone else's behalf this means I started my day by saying to myself, you know what? I'm going to give people the benefit of the doubt today. I'm going to look for the best in others. And in some cases, I'm just going to flat out take the high road and forgive, even if forgiveness isn't asked for. Beyond the students, make it a point to interact with everyone on campus in this positive advocate way. It lets them know that you are on their side, even before they earn it. You want to be the kind of educator whose students can trust with content questions, problems with the bully, test anxiety, etc. And you want others such as our custodian friends, the office staff, the parents, the administrators, the teachers to feel like you are someone who is for them. Dr. Rob Zinn says it like this, I'll never talk about you until I've talked to you. And then I'll only talk for you and never against you. Knowing we get to have the privilege of living this out for students who may have incredibly difficult lives is amazing. Being an advocate speaks to them, but it also applies to everyone you and I come in contact with on campus. This is the very essence of impactful educational professionalism. I wanna wrap up by saying, I realize some of these things are harder than others on any given day. And also that I've never expected to hit all three of these goals every single day. Some days will just be off or harder but again, if we can look at the landscape of the year or the timeline of the year, or even just reflect from month to month, we should be able to see an overall trajectory of love and care for students. And we should be able to see that being a difference maker, being an encourager, and being an advocate were very real things in our lives that we walked and not just talked about. So tell me your opinion. Beginning with these three ends in mind may not be for everyone, but maybe they are right up your alley. Maybe you are already doing these things or you have some other goals that you set 
making your sub days more purposeful and impactful. Let us know what you think. If you'd like to contribute to the conversation on this subject, be sure to stop by the website, canyousubagain.com. You can always find a transcript of the most recent podcast and add your voice to the discussion by visiting the post on the topic or on the site's homepage. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts. And if you'd like to support Can You Sub Again, would you consider taking the time to leave a star rating or review on the Apple site? Thanks so much for listening to the Can You Sub Again podcast, and be sure to check back again next week.